0: This is a new dimension in sound. The sound here has been recorded on the tape magnetically.
1: This is us. We're back. Oh my God. Oh my God, Dave. You gotta keep them Welcome to A Dave in the Life. It's the brand new home of all the things that happen to me on the radio and all the things that don't. Quite often i chat to some amazing people and those conversations just can't make it on the radio because, you know, kids and decency laws and those types of things. Plus, ads and music and all that type of boring shit. So this is all about the pure, unadulterated conversations that happen throughout my life. Whether it's with rock stars or ordinary people, this is a Dave in the Life. In episode one, we're chatting to Noodles from The Offspring. They're headed Down Under in December for Good Things Festival, the 7th, 8th and 9th in Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane. And they're playing their incredible record smash in full. 11 million records sold worldwide. It truly is one of the great rock records of the modern era. How you going? Good, good. How you doing? Yeah, good, man. It's uh, it's nice and early in the morning over here. It's freezing. Whereabouts to you? Is the sun shining? What's going on?
0: Uh, It is. The sun is shining. I'm in Hartford, Connecticut, so I'm on the East Coast. Uh, And it's just a a beautiful summer day, not too hot. It's just kind of nice.
1: Well, you guys are locked in for the never-ending summer. Of course, you're on tour at the moment, and then you're heading down here. We're really excited to reveal you'll be here in December for the first time in five years for the Good Things Festival. Are you guys just chasing that never-ending summer, mate? Are you trying to just make sure you don't lose that tan?
0: (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, I can't believe it's been five years since we've been down there. You know, I have such fond memories of, of Australia every time we've been down there. So it's it's well uh, well beyond time that, that we, we made it back for sure.
1: Fantastic. A nice little early Christmas present for people. 7th, 8th and 9th of December, Good Things Festival around the country. Offspring playing Smash in full. 24 years since that record that really kind of started the career for you guys. If you could head back to that time and give a younger you uh, one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself back then?
0: Oh, he's up on the drinking. Um <laughs> probably. Uh actually I could that'd be good advice to the older me too, though. Um so yeah. I don't know, you know, we had it was such an exciting time. There was so much fun back back then. Everything was still Still kind of new, you know, and and when things started taking off with Smash, it was just really incredible. We, I mean, we really couldn't believe what was what was happening. Um, you know, I guess it, you know we we all kind of realized, you know, this doesn't change who we are. We we are who we are, and and uh, we're still the same band that's been making music, you know, like we had ten years before Smash. So, I think we all came to that realization eventually. But that would be the advice that I'd really give myself going back.
1: You guys really went from a, a weird place. You went from you know touring the UK, sleeping on no effectses, tour bus floor, to the next time you were in the UK, you would sold 11 million records. And imagine that would have been a weird polarity to to live through.
0: Yeah, it was it was weird. You, you know, it was kind of like winning the rock and roll lotto. <laughs> you, you know, um, but we never dared. You know, was without even buying a ticket because we never dared to dream that we were going to be able to really make a living you know certainly not for the rest of our lives uh, you know we we when we opened up for no effects and slept on their bus we saw that they were making a living but they are you know kind of scratching you know to get by we had no idea that what was you know what was going to happen it was crazy
1: does it surprise you the resonance these songs still have nearly 25 years later and dare I say it, uh, these songs almost fit into that classic rock category now uh
0: yes and no uh you know i i, I love these songs i think they're great songs so in that regard you know why shouldn't they still be popular but but then when we're playing them every night and you know we go out and I start doing you know whatever uh come out and play and you see these kids faces just light up you know or, or kids aren't all right and the kids just yes yes you know they just they feel it gone away you know self-esteem the, the, it really gets the crowd going every night and it's still young people right up front so um yeah in that regard it is you know we, we consider ourselves so blessed to be able to do this and and it, it is pretty crazy to think these songs are still as popular as as they were 20 years ago
1: some of those kids up the front of your shows now could potentially be the kids of people like me that were watching you play these songs twenty plus years ago
0: I, I think that that I think there's something, something to that for
1: sure, yeah. Hey, uh, Smash came out at a, a very strange time in the music industry. It was still uh, before the big record industry bust, as it were. And a and little known fact, I found out last night, the record actually came out the same day Kirk Cobain died. That would have been hugely concerning for you as a band that your record came out It might have got lost in the ether at the time. W- was that the case? Well, we didn't think it was
0: going to do anything anyway. So, you know, we were, you know, we were actually... Uh playing a show in, uh, in um, Valdez Alaska with Pennywise we were opening up for Pennywise at this um it was a down a big you know the king of the hill uh, snowboarding contest and we were one of the bands playing the ending night and and we were, I mean, we were just in shock we were more just concerned you know we were big Nirvana fans and we were just more concerned about Kurt really we didn't know him you know or anything really I think you know some of the guys had met him but we didn't really know him We're just concerned, though, it's fans. Uh, You know, We didn't really think what effect that was going to have on our record because we didn't think it was going to do what it ended up going on to do anyway.
1: Well, it did better than The Offspring ever expected. It did better than their label ever expected. 11 million copies sold worldwide, and 24 years later, The Offspring will be playing this incredible record smash in full at Good Things Festival in December. The 7th in Melbourne, the 8th in Sydney, and the 9th in Brisbane. GoodThingsFestival.com.au you're listening to a Dave in the Life. So many rock icons passed over the last 18 months or so. And, of course, Chester Bennington, uh, Chris Cornell, these types of artists that are around at the same time that you came out. Does it make you question your own mortality as an artist, seeing your, your peers and friends, uh, unfortunately, leave this mortal coil?
0: Well, you know, it's, it's different. We, we kind of, you know, th- those guys suffered from demons that, that we're fortunate enough not to suffer from. Yeah. You, you know, and, and uh, it's just tragic, just so tragic. Those guys were such great, great musicians, you, you know. Um, and then others, you know, Tony Sly, you know, a few years before that, you know, that we were friends with and, and toured with. And, you know, we've seen it happen all too too often. And really, it's you know, a couple of things. There's, you know, a couple of reasons why this is happening now. The, the opiate epidemic is really just a, a, a worse than it's ever been. Uh, and then mental illness. There's so many... It's just, I don't know why there's a, there seems to be an increase in mental illness as well as, as you know, drug, drug use and, and chemical dependency. Um, and I don't know if it's the world we live in. You know, I know, they, you know the opiate crisis, there's plenty of reasons for that. But uh, the mental illness thing, I'm not sure why that seems to be worse than ever. You know, and, I, and it's not just, you know, musicians and people like Chester Bennington. I mean, it's, I see homeless people in the street who are suffering mental illness every day where I live. I live down by the beach and, and there's just always homeless people around. So it's tragic.
1: Does seeing all of this dissonance in the world from homelessness to depression through to the current political state of the world, I mean, the band formed in Garden Grove, which was a, a great place for a punk band to form in a conservative town. Does being in a punk band now is as, as important as it was always for you right now?
0: Oh, man, look what's going on in the world. <laughs> I think it's probably more important. You know, I think, for one, my country's in is in, in great jeopardy. Uh, and then you, you kind of see uh, this this kind of nationalistic uh, ideology taking over you know not just my country but other parts of the world and other countries as well and and so I think there's plenty to, to fight against um, for sure I think being you know I, I, punk rock is really just about questioning the status quo and and breaking rules that need to be broken um, you know don't accept what's given to you if what's given to you is faulty go out and make make the world better so that's what punk rock meant to me Um, even if it means pissing some people off so i think it's more important than ever to to do that
1: very well said and i think if you you're pissing people off you're inciting any type of emotion you're probably doing something correct anyway whether it's a positive or negative reaction you're definitely hitting on something Uh, so many incredible things across your career to be proud of is there one thing there one particular moment that stands out for you that makes you incredibly proud of the path you've walked
0: uh you know every once in a while we'll be we'll be playing somewhere uh and you just look out at the at the audience and you just have this moment of like i can't believe i'm still doing this this you know i just consider myself so lucky we all do consider ourselves so lucky to be able to go out you know make music and then and then take that music out to the fans uh, across the globe really all over europe uh you know parts of asia south america um it's it's insane we just consider ourselves so fortunate to be able to do it.
1: That's a very humble answer, and not the answer that I hid here, Noodles. The answer I had here was that you would say Sharknado was the thing you're most proud of.
0: Oh well, you know, yeah, Sharknado <laughs> Six. We just uh, we just finally got cameos. We've been trying since Sharknado Three, I think. in you uh, uh, fourth time's the charm for our for, for our cause. And we, we, Dexter, and I finally got to make cameos in uh, in Sharknado Six just this weekend, just Sunday. It was great.
1: Oh, excellent! We cannot wait for that one. Uh, Sharknado Six, featuring legitimate actual face cameos from the guys from Offspring. Uh, as soon as I know more about that, we'll let you know. Hey, mate, it's been an interesting sort of eighteen months, two to three years for you guys. Uh, so the publishing rights, Dexter got his PhD. Has that changed him? Is he wearing scarves and elbow patch jackets now and smoking pipes backstage?
0: <laughs> How funny! He just uh, he just met with another uh, PhD uh, out in Boston. Here and uh, I was I was giving him a hard time about hanging out with all the PhD muckety mucks, uh, <laughs> but but no, we still we still get to throw some back at you know from time to time, like a, you know before a day off after the show. So he hasn't changed really.
1: Is he now like adding in academic days into the tour rights in Ruy saying okay, you guys get a day off here because I have to go and uh, write a paper with another doctor somewhere?
0: No, no, no. Fortunately. No, yeah, I mean, we all kind of knew doing the PhD was going to take a lot of time away from the band, and we we supported him 100 percent on that, um, you know. So now that he's got that done, we've actually really been pretty prolific, uh, you know. For at least for us, We yeah. we've got a you know a bunch of songs. We've got a whole records worth of songs done now, and and we decided we're gonna we're gonna keep going and maybe you know do two records, uh, turn this into two records. So um you know we're looking forward to getting back in the studio as soon as we uh as soon as we finish here on the on this tour in between like you know here and then coming down to australia we've got a bunch of weekend things but we'll be home most most of the time during the week to to hopefully get in the studio
1: excellent that's great to hear it'll be the first new record i think since about 2012 2013 uh you've also got the the split yeah. seven inch with 311 at the moment you guys are just on fire
0: that's right yeah that was fun to do too going in uh you know, we did that uh, with Pennywise a few years ago when we went to the Summer Nationals tour with those guys. We did a, co- a couple of covers of theirs and also a couple of Bad religion songs. And then, and then this time we uh, we decided to do to do one of theirs, and they decided to do one of ours, and it was it was just a fun a fun thing. You know, we're we're very different sounding bands, us and Three Eleven, but but we draw kind of the same the same crowd. So the the tour has been amazing because everyone's sticking around for all the bands. They don't get. It doesn't all sound the same some of the some of the festivals that you go even festivals that i enjoy if there's too many similar sounding bands it it all kind of blends together but this is great because it's musically you know we're all coming from different areas and gym class heroes have been amazing every day too really cool one
1: of my favorite questions to ask everyone that i chat to no matter what they do is to ask them to think about that first piece of music they ever got as a fan how did they get it were they desperate for it did they buy it did they borrow it did they steal it but they still aren't it.
0: The very first record I, I had my parents help me get, I think I, I talked them into buying it for my birthday or something. It was one of those uh, late-night TV or early-morning TV things, k kind of thing. And it was called Get It Together, and it had the Who and the Monkeys on it, um, some cream, uh, you know, and then like a, a bunch of weird stuff like uh, uh, Shocking Blue, Venus, um, Zagger and Evans in uh, the year 2525 and I do still have it the double record set and I still have it in my collection
1: thank you for listening to the very first edition of A Dave in the Life please subscribe via iTunes or Google and get ready for the next episode featuring Scott Ian of Anthrax I'd love to hear your ideas and I'd love to hear from you who I should interview on this very podcast the weirder the better Facebook.com forward slash Davo Radio or my Twitter and Instagram handle are both Davo Radio. Cheers.